Hi, this is David Mish. I'm a screenwriter. I wrote for Mork and Mindy, The Muppets Take Manhattan, and Saturday Night Live. And you're listening to the Then Is Now podcast. Greetings, Spice fans. Silk City Hot Sauce is now sponsoring the Dorkening Podcast Network. Our craft sauces are made in Vermont in small, high-quality batches using locally sourced, farm-grown ingredients. Silk City Hot Sauce comes in a variety of heat strengths and killer flavors like Jezebel, Erotic Fever, Mango Madness, and Good Morning Jonestown. And don't forget our newest creation, Hot Syrup. Make no mistake, Spice fans, this is the queen of sweet heat. There's new and unique flavors coming out all the time. Best of all, right now, listeners of the Dorkening Podcast Network can go to SilkCityHotSauce.com and use coupon code DORK. Not only will you get 20% off your order, we'll also throw in a free bottle of hot sauce. That's SilkCityHotSauce.com. Coupon code DORK. Hi, this is Rigor, host of Then Is Now Podcast and The East Meets the West. I just wanted to say thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. We appreciate your support as we grow the audience for our shows. You can find our links to our Patreon page as well as our Tee Public page at havenpodcasts.com. With Patreon, you'll get a lot of exclusive stuff, including our monthly pop culture newsletter, cool gifts, discounts for Tee Public, and our special exclusive show, Then Is Now Filmmakers series, in which we interview directors, producers, writers, composers, special effects guys, basically anybody who works behind the scenes in film and television, and get their insights into the process of creating films and TV shows. Also at our Tee Public page, you'll find cool merch that you can get or even give to others as gifts. You can find those links at our website, or you can go directly to tpublic.com slash stores slash havenpodcasts and patreon.com slash thenisnowpodcast. Enjoy! What kind of a sick school is this? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. You got spunk. I hate spunk. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Oh, righty then. How you doing? Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Say hello to my little friend. I love to celebrate from in the morning. What are you people? On dope? Stop whining. I've got a crap on your deck that can choke a donkey. Hey! Who is your daddy? I'm sorry, but all questions must be submitted in writing. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Can I do that? I'll be back. A dynamite! Show me the money! Don't! Up your nose when you have the hose. A what? I'm sailing! I'm sailing! You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it. Pull it down. Love means never having to say you're sorry. Here's looking at you, kid. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pet's heads are falling off. Go to the coast. We get together. Have a few laughs. Hear that, Elizabeth? I'm coming to join you, honey. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. I love it when a plan comes together. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? 
put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. We're on a mission from God. Happy New Year, everyone. This is Rigor, and you're listening to Then Is Now Podcast with my co-host, Chris Esper. We are back with the first episode of 2022. Did you have a good New Year's, Chris? I did, yeah. I got to spend some time with some friends that I haven't seen in a while, so that's always nice. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, my wife and I went with my son and his girlfriend to see Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, we went to see it at this place. It's called Smitty's Cinema Pub, and um, for those who don't no, know... I love that place. Oh, isn't yeah. it great? It's yeah, like, it's awesome. It's like Chunky's, which is also in, in your area. Yeah, exactly. Um, and for those who don't know, it's one of those movie theaters where you, you order your dinner before the film, they bring it out to you just you know just before it begins, and you get to eat your meal while watching the film. Um, to, to me, it's the next best thing to the drive-in. If you can't go to the yeah. drive-in, uh, Cinema Pub is great. And then after the film, my wife and I had purchased tickets to a New Year's Eve party that Smitty's was hosting. Um, Unfortunately, though, it was 21 plus. Some of my son <laughs> Spencer and his girlfriend are 20. We we tried to get them in because mm. you got like two hours of free use on the arcade games. But yeah. they said, no, you have to be 21. So I felt bad they had to leave and go celebrate, you know, ring in the New Year somewhere else and then come back and pick us up because they were our designated drivers. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a fun time. You know, like I said, two free hours in the arcade. It was like $5 bowling. Um, there was dancing and it was just a lot of fun. That's awesome. So, have you seen Spider-Man yet? No, I did not see it yet. And, you know, it's uh, you know, it's funny. Everyone's so excited about it, and, you know, I get why. I just never really got into comic book movies for some reason. I mean, although I did love the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, I remember seeing those and really, really enjoyed those. Mostly the first two, the third one. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Right, yeah. <laughs> Shall remain unspoken. That's about. right. That's right. <laughs> That's funny. Well, if you like Tobey Maguire ones, you probably should check this one out if you get a chance. Yeah, I've heard it was really good. Yeah. yeah. It's very good. I mean, I grew up reading comics, so... That's why I love the Marvel movies, because it's just like, you know, harkens back. Again, the nostalgia thing. I'm like, I remember totally. that storyline in the 1970s, you know? Yeah, totally. But then also in the weekend, uh, my son's girlfriend had not seen any of the Matrix movies. So on Saturday, we watched the first three, and then on Sunday, we watched part four. Um, but we watched it on HBO Max. I Man, I got a really large TV, but I just couldn't afford to, you know, go to the theater for another movie. Just Christmas just wiped us out. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, when Matrix had originally came out, I think I was only 10 years old, so I didn't really I didn't really go ahead and go see it. And over the years, I did see it, uh, I think, like, once, and I was like, yeah, it's okay, whatever. <laughs> but uh, I didn't get, like, super into it, I think because it got overhyped for me, so I didn't bother seeing the rest of them. I did see the first one. It's good. It's just not one I, like, really, like, got into. But uh, I'll have to correct that and, yeah. uh, and see this because... At least with this one, I've been hearing some mixed stuff. It's either really good or really bad. I've been hearing like really mixed polarizing reviews for this one. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't looked at any of the reviews. You know, I saw Matrix in the theater. I was blown away. And then when Spencer was six, we were flicking channels on the TV one time, and um, we happened upon it. He asked me what it was about, and I explained it to him. He's like, oh, I want to see that. Now, he's six years old. And... So I went and grabbed the DVD because, of course, I have them all on DVD. And um, of course, I threw it in. And I've never seen a six-year-old watch a two-hour-plus movie with his jaw on the floor and not say a word through the entire thing. 
and he was hooked wow. ever since. Yeah, it was just it was amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, what I did get to watch though was I got to watch a new season of Cobra Kai. Have you seen it? Oh, you know what? I haven't. I actually I watched. Um, I had never actually seen Karate Kid up until a few months ago. Um, really? Yeah. It's a handful of those I guess, that I hadn't seen. I guess, we, I guess we both have to do some correcting here. Yeah. So I had Sean Kanan on the show before you came on board full time, and uh, who plays the villain in the third one. And so uh, I, I binged those three and then, and then interviewed him. But I have yet to get a chance to watch Cobra Kai. I do want to. It's on my list. You interviewed... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. You interviewed Thomas Ian Griffin? No, Sean Kanan. Oh, Sean Kane. Oh, oh, that villain. I think you met Terry Silver. No, no, no. I'd love to get. Him oh, on you it. did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Martin Cove would love to get Martin Cove on the show. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, um, so I guess as someone who's new to it, uh, what, um, how do you like the show so far, or how do you like the movies even? Well, I enjoyed the movies. I really did. Even the sequels, yeah. which I remember getting, you know, bad reviews. Um, sure. I, I never, uh, I haven't watched the show yet. Like I said, it's on my list. Yeah. And I want to see it, but I just. I have so many other things to watch. <laughs> no, I mean, it's good. I mean, I suppose, because I guess um, really the best way I could put it is it's ridiculous, but the show knows it's ridiculous. It knows what it's playing to. It's playing to, it's playing to that nostalgia, and it's fully embracing it. And I think that's why it works so well. That's um, awesome. But, I mean, how can I put this without spoiling it if you do see it? And for those who haven't watched it yet... There are a few scenes where you're just like, that can never happen. <laughs> like, so there's a, there's a scene, there's a, there's a very crucial scene in season two, at the end of season two that takes place in a high school. There's like a big fight that goes on, but it's not just like one fight. It's like multiple fights going on in this high school, and there is no principal and no teacher to stop it. And when there is a teach, and when there is a teacher or principal, they're pretty much like, they don't pay me enough to do this, and they just walk away. I'm like, oh come on, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is hilarious. But I mean, it kind of plays up that ridiculousness because even the original movies, as great as they were, there is a bit of like that sort of eighties cheese to it. But again, it was the times. It's whatever. The first one's great. Second one's really good. Third one is very questionable. And then many don't know there's actually a fourth one with Hilary Swank, like one oh, of her first right. movies, and that one is just god awful. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> I forgot about that one. I think part of the reason why I never cared to see the first one was because Ralph Macchio was coming off a show called Eight is Enough, which was sort of yeah. a family drama, and I just didn't care for his character. And so when the movie yeah. came out, I'm like, I just don't care. Yeah, all right. I love Arnold from Happy Days, but yeah. it wasn't enough to sell me on the movie. <laughs> you, you know, and it's funny you say that because Pat Morita was originally – not not thought to be cast for that role. They did they did not want him. They thought, oh, why is this comic gonna be doing this role? But then he I mean look what happened. He got nominated for an Oscar for that role. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's it's right. it's amazing. And it's funny, my introduction to Ralph Macchio was not actually Karate Kid, but it was actually my cousin Vinny, which is weird. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> but but he plays Vinny's uh cu- um, I think it's cu- cousin, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Obviously. <laughs> the, the two youths. <laughs> the two youths, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You know, and Ralph Macchio was one of those guys, uh, uh, not even guys, but like one of those people like um, Juliet Lewis, who um, physically they were 17 years old for about 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Never aged. 
No, it's true. I mean, it's funny. When he went to do Karate Kid 3, he was 27 years old, and, uh, you know, he was playing an early 20s college student, or he was supposed to be. Right. And I'm like, I'm but, you know, if you watch the movie, he, he, looks, he looks about that age. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man now. He's, like, 25, I think, and he's still playing a 17-year-old, you know? That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> Anyway, um, on a sad note, I did want to mention that the beginning of 2022 here is sort of reminding me of the opening up of uh, 2016, where we lost David Bowie and Prince and a whole bunch of musical legends. And yeah, you know, now it's 2022. It's actors and actresses. We lost Sidney Poitier, Betty mm-hmm. White. Granted, she was 100 or 99. Still, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I just found out earlier, Peter Bogdanovich passed away. Yes. Yeah, that was a hard pill to swallow for me because you know he's one of the golden, one of the golden age filmmakers of the nineteen seventies. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like he's like he was. I think he, maybe not, maybe I'm wrong, but he's like one of the first from that era to go. Maybe not the first, but like one of that I could remember anyway. And it's just like, oh, come on. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's just terrible, you know, because his contemporaries are still all around. You know, John Landis and um, John Landis, Martin Scorsese. Yeah, yeah. they're all yeah. So that's really sad. There was one I didn't know who this was, but I felt it was worth felt it was worth mentioning since there's so many of them. As a 29 year old Disney Plus actress named Kim Mi Soo passed away. I did hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who she is. I don't know why she died, but um, our hearts same go out to her family. Totally. And all of them, and of course Sidney Poitier. You can't not mention him. Oh. Oh. Oh my God. I mean. Well, not only a great actor, but he also directed a couple of movies too, and was very good at it. I might, I must say. Oh yeah, yeah, he was always good. And you know, what was it? Who guess who's coming to dinner? And Get, they yep. call me Mr. Tibbs. And even the movie version of um, what's the one with the black cop and the white cop? And the white cop is um, Archie Bunker played him on TV. Oh, wait a in minute. the heat I, of the night. In the heat of the night. Yep, that's yeah. it. I remember doing yeah. that movie. Well, and and uh, he also directed what I think is a really good uh, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor movie, Stir Crazy. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I saw that in the movies, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. great. That's a great movie. That's a really good movie. That is a good movie. Oh, man. So, you know, uh, it's just the beginning of 2022, and uh, hopefully there won't be too many more the rest of this year. Yes. So, folks, let's get off that uh, downbeat note. And today we are going to talk to an amazing person who not only runs one of the best oldies radio stations, but is also the number one DJ in our region. So sit back and get ready to hear a fun discussion about something that you can listen to with your family to help introduce them to great music from our past. Class is in session. I have a bad feeling about this. How could I possibly be expected to handle school on a day like this? Hey, you in my class? I am today. I think you should consider transferring to shock class. Woo woo! Now, now, very few students are severely injured in shock class. Bueller. When you were in school. Bueller. Did you ever cut class? Bueller. Yeah, I guess I did. Sure, most kids cut classes. Good. Sign this. Um, he's sick. I get so lonely when I hear that third attendance bell ring and all my kids are not here. Seven years of college down the drain. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, so. You lack discipline. As long as I'm here, there will be no grades or gold stars or demerits. We're going to have recess all the time. Woo! Go! Play and have fun now! 
Okay, folks, we've got a great guest for you today. He's the number one oldies disc jockey in the region. He's the morning disc jockey as well as both president and general manager of WMEX FM Radio in Rochester, New Hampshire. He's famous for putting the hop in hundreds of socks at countless dances at the American Legion in Rochester. He's traveled the country as the MC slash DJ for many oldies groups, including the Dryers, the Brooklyn Bridge, the Belmonts, Joey D, the Starlighters, and the Diamonds, just to name a few. Aside from local theater announcements and community goings-on, WMEX also carries other broadcasting staples like daily local sports with Jerry Gilbert and local weather with WMUR's Kevin Skarupa. Nothing but old 45s with Larry Kratka and old-time radio shows can be found on Sunday nights as well as several other great shows. WMEX has been leading the charge to bringing back music from the 50s and 60s to listeners, and every day people are discovering how amazing this channel is. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming to the show renowned local DJ Gary James. Well, thank you very much, Roger and Chris. It's very nice to be nice here. to have you. Awesome. We're so glad to have you here, man. You know, and it's just with, with all this, um, finally we're into the new year, and then we've got crazy weather, but I think uh, I think we'll survive. <laughs> Well, we always have, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what else is New Hampshire known for? Well, it actually, New Hampshire is known for a lot of things, but snow and skiing is probably number one. Right, right. And, and, and no sales tax, or is that still a thing? No sales tax and no income tax. Isn't that great? <laughs> Free or die, yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I live just over the border in Berwick, Maine. You folks play, pay taxes there. Uh, unfortunately, yes, but we're right over the border, so if I want to go to Walmart, it's just right. down the street. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of people do that. <laughs> yeah. See, a lot of out-of-state plates in the Walmart parking lot. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, but it's great because I, you know, when we first moved here, I, I caught your radio station, and, um, you know, I'm always looking for oldies anyways, and it was just, it was better than the typical classic rock station um there really weren't any oldie stations around um like i grew up in mass and they had oldies 103 and that went away and i think there was an am station that i would listen to but you could only get it you know infrequently so it was very nice a pleasant surprise you know a few years ago when we moved here to you know be able to get your station well thank you yes yeah, so we've been around for uh over seven years now nice Nice. Hard to believe, but it has been over seven years. Yeah, I know, huh? and that's about the time I moved. I moved in here with my wife, with my well, she was my girlfriend at the time, but my my wife uh, about six years ago. So yeah. Um, now, one of the things we like to do, Gary, on the show with new guests is sort of have you tell us how you got onto the path that you're on, doing what you're doing. You know, I did read that you were born with a radio in your crib. Is that true? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that and 45 records. And my mother told me that uh, I would tear all the labels off the records, but I still knew what they were. I don't know how I ever did oh. that, but that's what she said. <laughs> that's hilarious. That, that is hilarious. Do you remember the first song that you may have heard that got you into music? That first song I heard was uh, Hound Dog by Elvis Presley. That's the one. Oh, I don't get it. Wow. That's the first 45 I ever owned. Yep. Wow. That's awesome. That's great. Yep. Yeah, it's funny because like the first record I ever owned was um, back when Benji came out. My parents bought me the soundtrack on vinyl, and I listened to that thing to death. I still have it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, vinyl, vinyl is the best sounding out of everything, but no, oh, yeah. it's not, not practical like uh, MP3s are. It's kind of right. funny too when you go to I know kidding when you go to um uh like uh Goodwill and I'm looking through the records I'm like got it got it got it got it oh I need that <laughs> one <laughs> yep oh man so who were some of your inspirations growing up 
You mean as far as on the radio? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, well, Big Dan Ingram probably is number one on 77 WABC. Uh, he is probably, I'm probably, you know, my, everyone says I'm his biggest fan. Well, I am too. Um, and I listened to him and, and I listened to stations uh, local to where I grew up in Western Massachusetts, WHYN in Springfield uh, and WDRC in Hartford, both stations that I ended up working at, which was kind of a hoot. Uh, WKBW in Buffalo, used to listen to them at night. Uh, and the WMEX 1510 in Boston, uh, when the signal was, you know, blowing my way in Western yeah. Mass. Uh, but I think that there's an, another guy named Phil D, who I grew up listening to uh, as a teenager, big influence. And I ended up working for him, and then he ended up working for me, you know, that's radio. Um, so, yeah, there were a lot of people. I don't want to leave anybody out, but I mean, those are the two uh, people that uh, jump into my mind immediately. Nice. That's awesome. Well, uh, at what point did you know that you wanted to be a disc jockey? Uh, when I was conscious. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, Good answer. I never, never wanted to be anything else. The only other thing I did, and it was obviously connected to radio, is I was the director of the Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Wellesley, Mass. And I was a teacher there and at the one in Farmington, Connecticut for many years. So everything I've always done has always had something to do with radio broadcasting. Mm. That's great. That's great. Uh, were you a fan of Wolfman Jack? Because I always loved him growing up. Absolutely. I got the thrill of working with Wolfman uh, back in the 90s in Keene, New Hampshire, when I was at WKNE FM. Uh, one of the local restaurants that opened up called Gary's Remember Then Drive-In and had car hops and so forth. And he came to me and he said, I want to have a big grand opening and I want Wolfman Jack here. Wow. I said, okay. <laughs> so um, my wife was in the talent agency business and she had all the contacts for everybody. And I called Wolfman's son, Todd, and I said, hey, we'd like to have your father come to Keene, New Hampshire for the grand opening of a drive-in restaurant. He said, Sure. So we worked it all out and Wolfman came and he was on my morning show with me on WKNE FM. And uh, I got to tell you, he was one of the nicest guys. I, no ego, no ego. You would think Wolfman Jack? No, not at all. He was just a real down to earth human being, a nice, nice man. That's great. Nice. That's awesome. I heard a story about him years ago that when he was in college, him and his buddies, I guess they were in California, right near the Mexico border, and they basically dug a trench across the border and ran a cable to a tower and were able to create a pirate radio station from that because it was just off of U.S. property. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Um, they, he was at, um, I don't know, a 500,000 watt radio station over the border. They called them border blasters, and he used to sell everything from baby chicks to you name it. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of power at night half the country could hear him yeah i already even managed to get his reach worldwide at one point doing yeah, he, pirate radio he, and wolfman did it all he died way too young oh yeah but you know he um you know if you ever read his book have mercy i mean he really he, he tells it like it is he talks about all his demons and his drugs and his alcohol and so forth and uh, when I when I met him in the 90s, this a couple of years before he died, we were coming back from the airport in Manchester, New Hampshire in a limo. And he told me, he says, I'm not going to be on this earth much longer. He said, because I, I drink too much and I eat too much and I smoke too much. And oh. he was right. 
<laughs> it all came true, unfortunately, because he was such a talent. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's too bad. You know, in terms of, of talking about music and stuff, too, uh, the, like oldies and all that, I personally, I, I tried listening to music in the 90s. I was in my 20s. I gave it a shot, and I just didn't like it. And when I find when I go back and listen to songs from the 90s, I, I don't enjoy them anymore. I'm like, yeah, it was great when it came out. So for me, music before 1990 is good, and everything after that kind of stinks. So um, how do you define what uh, a classic or an oldie is? To me, an oldie is something, well, obviously, the late 50s, the rock and roll era of the 50s, um, not the Perry Como, Dean Martin era, although Dean Martin did have a couple hits in the rock era. Oh, yeah. Uh, all the 60s, uh, and I say now, even up until the early 80s, uh, to me, are oldies. Um, when you think about it, I mean, 1982 was a long time ago. I know. It seems like <laughs> yesterday. And there's and there really is, there's really some good songs from the 80s. There's some very, I'm George Michael and Wham and Hall and Oates and people like that. Uh, you know, some excellent music. Uh, after that, there were some things that I like. Um, not a lot, but there is some music that I like from the '90s and and uh, beyond. But I mean, really, I'm 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 stuck in the '60s and '70s. Yeah, same here. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I'm one of the funniest things about doing this show is that uh, I'm a child of the '90s, and a lot of what we talk about is stuff that's well well before my time. <laughs> and uh, in prepping for this show, I took some time to listen to the station, and even I was getting nostalgia. Uh, because I can remember hearing these songs as a kid, and also, uh, you know, you kind of get a sense of the time period in which the music came from. Uh, so what kind of music for you brings you nostalgia? Me? Mm. Oh, 60s music. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Beatles music, and uh, even uh, some of the artists before the Beatles, uh, the, the Leslie Gore's song for the 60s, to me, they, they never gets old. Leslie yeah. Gore's music just never gets old to me. I could listen to... It's my party and Judy's turn to cry and uh, she's a fool and all the rest of them over and over and over again. And, and to me, they're timeless. Uh, yeah. And those are and the songs that were recorded in the Brill building that were recorded by Carol, uh, written by Carol King and Jerry Goffin and groups like that. And Neil Sedaka. Right. Uh, that's that's the stuff that I grew up on. This is pre Beatles, obviously. Sure. Can't leave out the four seasons. Oh, yeah. um, the only yeah. group to have a number one before and after the Beatles. Um, you know, if you've ever seen Jersey Boys, I mean, that's mm -hmm. just a great movie. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. sure. And, you know, and it tells the true story of uh, the Four Seasons. I mean, Frankie Valli was one of the producers of the movie. So that era is, I guess, when I was probably 13, 14 years old, that is the, uh, that's the era that sticks in my mind. That's probably my favorite, although I do like the others, but that, I guess, yeah. I think that's the sweet spot of anybody when, when they're at that age for music. I think the people that I've talked to over the years, they all say that regardless of what the year was when they were that age is the music that sticks in their head that they relate to the most. Right. That's great. Yeah. Well, and, and um, you know, WMEX has been around for quite some time, even starting in Boston. Can you tell us a little bit of the history of the station? Sure. Um, it was at, fit, well, actually it's there again. <laughs> <laughs> it was at, it started at 1510 WMEX and the call letters were because it was on what was called a Mexican clear channel frequency. It was a frequency that was assigned to Mexico. They had priority. So 
mistake out the call letters WMEX. And it was, uh, you know, old style, old time radio shows. Not at the time they weren't old, but, uh, you know, drama, mysteries, things like that. And then it became about, I'd say 1959, 1960, became a rock and roll radio station with a guy by the name of Arnie Woo Woo Ginsburg. Oh, yeah. Who, who was on at night. Uh, and I mean, he, he was an innovator. Uh, he was a master at his craft. Uh, and WMEX rode that wave for quite a while, uh, really, until um, FM came along. But 1510 was a really big deal. And then they went through a lot of changes. They were talk and they were sports and they were middle of the road music. And now they're back to playing oldies. Uh, but th there was a reincarnation of WMEX uh, in between all that, that I ran and did the morning show on. That was on 1150 in Boston. So I guess I can't get away from these call letters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually had this station. It was a, it was a full power FM at 106.5 in the city that we're in now in Rochester. It was bought out by EMF, which is a, a large religious organization of, of broadcasters. And so we were sold and we went off the air and then I got the opportunity seven years ago to get a low power FM license. And through the generosity of a couple of grants from Rotary International, uh, we built this WNEX and we've been around ever since. But uh, we still have the same old jingles and we still have uh, recordings by Arnie Ginsberg, who has passed away, but he recorded uh, a bunch of stuff for us uh, years ago and we saved it and we still use it on occasion. Oh, yeah. Uh, people love to reminisce because they hear Arnie's voice and they say, oh, I grew up with, you know, if, if I had a dime for everyone who said, I listened to Arnie Ginsberg when I was growing up. It's incredible. And, you know, Arnie is another guy. He's like Wolfman. I would say to Arnie, Arnie, you are a god to these people. He'd say, oh, come on. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Say, yeah, Arnie, you are. No, no, no. It's no big deal. Well, okay. He was, you know, that's the way Arnie was. And another one, no ego. Um, just a, a really nice man who passed away just a couple of years ago. He was in his 90s. Right, yeah. Now, was he working for you back? Was I, I was listening, like I said, from about six years ago, and I heard him actively DJing. Was that him or was that recordings? No, that, well, that was a recording. Oh, that okay. was something he pre-recorded. He never did anything live for us. It was, it was recorded. Okay. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, he's, he's still a part of our radio station uh, because people who grew up with WMEX certainly know Arnie. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they like to hear his voice. It brings them back to way back when. You know, I always said that all these radio stations are a safe place for people. Right. It takes you back where you felt safe. It's like a big comfort blanket. Um, that's the way I've always looked at all these radio stations. Exactly, exactly. And that's what this show is all about, you know, is bringing the, that, those nostalgic feelings to people, but also in trying to help people introduce younger folks to stuff they've missed out on. And, you know, your station is great for that because I love to play in the background in the kitchen or in the car. And, you know, the kids have no choice but to listen to it and they enjoy it, you know. If my kids didn't, you know, <laughs> my two daughters, you know, uh, they're like, OK, Dad, we know all the words to all the songs from all the song, all of the music from the 50s and 60s. And our friends can't imagine how come. And I just tell them, I grew up with him. Of course I know it. So <laughs> they were all exposed to it, and they still listen to it. They probably, you know, don't tell anybody, but I, I know they do. Right, right. <laughs> so I wanted to bring up, in doing the research for our interview today, um, 
you know, I looked at Wikipedia, which, of course, we all know it's encyclopedia by general consensus, so it's not completely reliable. In fact, if you go to the WMEX entry, there's a list of station personnel, and if you click on Gary James, you, it comes up with a British dude who's in a hard rock band. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I have to go there and correct that. Yeah. <laughs> so not him. There was one passage you were talking about, you know, the station and everything that you put into it. And um, there was one passage that was confusing. So maybe you can clarify it for us and our listeners or just tell us if it's, you know, BS. Um, I'll just read it to you. It's real short. The WMAX call sign was subsequently assigned to a construction permit for a station at 88.7 megahertz in Egertown, Mass., now WMVY, and is now used on WMEX LP 105.9 FM in Rochester and WMEX... 1510 a.m. in Boston. Absolutely true. Okay, but what is a construction permit? It means you're allowed to build the radio station? Yes, yes, you are allowed to um, build a radio station. Uh, the reason why those call letters were um, on that radio station uh, is because the owner of that radio station is a fellow by the name of Dennis Jackson. And he was the man that I was in partnership with at the 106.5 WMEX in Rochester. And Dennis saved the call letters. He said, someday, when it was sold to EMF, he says, someday you're going to have another WMEX. I'm going to make sure I keep those call letters somewhere. Um, and I said, I don't believe you, but okay. Uh, and he did. Uh, Dennis owned several stations since then, and he would just transfer the call letters to those radio stations. And then when I got my license for the WMEX LP, I got the call letters and that's how it happened. Oh, that's awesome. And now how do call letters work? I, I always was under the impression, at least for TV call letters, you can only have like one WLVI, one WSBK in the country. Is, but there's two WMEXs here. There's one obviously in Rochester and one in Boston. Are you simulcasting the station or how no, does that work? No, no, we have nothing to do with the station in Boston. They're oh, okay. um, on AM, and we're on FM. Oh, all right, okay. But I mean, I know some of the people over there, uh, but no, we're we're not affiliated, and we do not simulcast. Nope. nope. Okay. No, nope, we just uh, have to play oldies and have the same set of call letters. <laughs> <laughs> Dig, can you also talk about um, how the FCC a few years ago reopened the window for licensing of low-powered FM stations? Yeah. Um, well, they, I think the original licensing was, I may be wrong, but I think it was like 13 years ago when the original window opened for LPFMs. Um, and at the time I was working commercial radio and I, you, know, you, you can't do both. I mean, you can't be an owner of a commercial station or, or own any part of it and have an LPFM. So at the time I, I didn't have an interest. Well, yeah. uh, I kind of retired and I was no longer in ownership when the other LPFM window opened. And I called on my friend Dennis Jackson again. And I said, so can you help me apply for um, a low power FM? Uh, he did. Uh, we both found the frequency and, you know, he did most of the paperwork, but I, I did the legwork. And we got um, a construction permit, as we talked about, for an LPFM in Rochester, New Hampshire, and we got the call letters WMEX because Dennis had them. Oh, okay. um, uh, and now um, I have no idea when the next window is going to open, uh, hmm. but I'm thinking that even when it does, there's not a lot of frequencies that are left. Right. You know, FM band is pretty crowded. 
now with the translators that AM stations have, there's not a lot of room, especially if you're in a metro area. Forget about it. You're not going to get a frequency. Right. And right. audio is still uh, analog, correct? Whereas the, vid the video, the TV channels have gone digital. We can be digital. Um, I could buy an iBox system and we could be HD, WMEX could be analog and HD, uh, but it is cost prohibitive for a low power FM. Okay. And I mean, as time goes on, more and more car radios are going to have HD radios in them. But as far as home radios, I mean, walk into Walmart or Best Buy and say, I'd like to buy an HD radio. And they'll look at you like you got six heads. <laughs> <laughs> Except for automobiles, they're not out there. You can't find them. Right. Well, right. The, the reason I was asking was because when TV went to digital, it created child channels. You know, so they have they have expanded the bandwidth, so to speak. Well, the FM, uh, FM does that too. Um, HD radio, you know, HD stations have HD one, HD two, HD three. Oh, okay. And they have, um, I mean, the stations. There are stations in Boston um, that have um, those sub channels, and most of the PBS stations uh, do have sub channels. So, I mean, yeah, it's being used, and, you know, like I said, more and more car radios are coming equipped with HD radio, so you can tune to, theoretically, if I, if I did have that, uh, you could tune to 105.9 HD1 and hear our main programming and then go to HD2 and hear something else if we were programming it in HD3 and so forth. Uh, but it's all, um, you know, it's supply and demand, and right, right now I, I don't think our listeners would care if we are in HD or not, we're playing music from 1967, you know, right. that, was, that was equalized to be played on a transistor radio. So, <laughs> you know what I, mean? I mean, a lot yeah. of our stuff, I'd rather play the mono version because that's what everybody's used to. Right. Right. It's funny. And I did some, as I said, I did some research and I was digging through the Boston globe and um, I found the earliest mention of WMEX was 1934, which was kind of cool. Cause it was an announcement when the station, um, uh, launched. Um, yep. And then, as you mentioned, you know, by the 60s, it had become a Christian. And then the 70s, uh, it was actually an article in 1970. It was kind of cool because they said um, they referred to WMEX, WBCN, and WRKO as the strong Boston triumvirate of rock, which is so funny because to me, RKO is talk radio, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that was a big deal. Now, you remember that WMEX was king of the roost as far as teenagers go right 15 10 for a very long time uh wbz played top 40 music but they leaned more conservative they were more adult and wmex 15 had a signal problem which they still have today because uh, of that frequency that they're on so wrko with a far superior signal decided that what they were doing was was not working and mex had all these listeners so hey we've got this big signal let's do something with it which they did uh and just a matter of time before they they got wmex out of the business because they were uh, i don't know if they were a better radio station but they had a better signal and yeah that's what it's all about you know a, a dear friend of mine dick vaughn who has since left this earth used to say to me i don't care if we, I've got a ping pong game, if I got 50,000 watts, somebody's going to listen to it. And yeah, he was right. You know, and WRKO had 50,000 watts on the low end of the dial. WMEX had 5,000 watts on the high end of the dial. 
made all the difference in the world when you're driving in the tunnel or in a building trying to listen. So, you know, WRKO had a good product and they also had a signal which made a big difference. Yeah. Uh, WBCN was, was more album rock, uh, but they had a they had a great run with Charles Lacquadera and the big mattress and all that. Oh, they had oh, yeah. a great run. Yep. Yeah. They even to the point where I remember Howard Stern, they, they acquired the Howard Stern show, but they played him at night because yep. Charles Lacquadera was just too popular here. Yep. <laughs> and plus they were afraid to put Howard on in morning drive. They really were. Yeah. Because Boston's pretty conservative. And uh, they didn't think that they they thought that they would just get too many complaints. And they were probably right. They probably yeah. were. Because, you know, Howard at that time, well, he was Howard. And, right. <laughs> and I'm not saying anything negative because I think he's one of the most talented broadcasters on the face of this earth. I don't know that I go along with everything that he does, but whatever he does, he does it well. And he's a real talent. I mean, you know, it goes to show how many millions does he make doing what he's doing. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Writer David Mish, who worked on such classic TV shows as Mork and Mindy, Police Squad, and Duckman, is embarking on the busiest stretch of his post-career career. He's doing 21 online shows in 15 weeks. The main event in January of 2022 is his biannual five-week course, The World of Musical Satire, Thursdays at 1 p.m. from January 13th to February 10th. Join David as he explores a wide variety of genres and eras, especially America since 1950, including discussions on such greats as Gilbert and Sullivan, Monty Python, Spinal Tap, South Park, and more. Plus, short interviews with such greats as Weird Al Yankovic, Michael Palin, and many more. Tickets for this course can be found at uclaextension.edu. Then, on January 16th at 6 p.m., at the San Miguel Literary Sala Distinguished Speaker Series, you can join David and his special guest, the fabulous Jeff Reno, famous for such things as Meet Joe Black, The West Wing, and Moonlighting. In particular, the episode Atomic Shakespeare, listed as one of TV Guide's top 100 episodes of all time. Tickets to hear him speak on this can be found at sanmiguelliteraryssala.org. For more information, visit davidmish.com. Rise and shine, my sinners. When Father Evil starts his day, he gets a little deadly. Deadly Grounds Coffee has the richest, smoothest flavor you'll find anywhere. It's sinfully delicious. Once you go deadly, you never go back. Order yours at getdeadly.com. Coffee's so good, it's scary. spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster Kid Radio. Hear your host, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classics and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher, or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival, Classic Monsters, Modern Talk, and the head of Rondo Hatton, only on Monster Kid Radio.
Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast. It's the greatest show in history. From the Dorkening Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hello, this is Rod Barnett. I'm the host of The Bloody Pit, the podcast that examines films from across the decades. On The Bloody Pit, we have several ongoing series of shows within the show focused on specific things in genre cinema that I and my co-hosts find fascinating. There's a long-running series focused on Italian maestro Antonio Margheriti's films from the 1960s all the way up through 1990. There's an on-again, off-again series focused on 1970s science fiction films. There's an in-depth look at the Western movies that William Castle made before he struck out on his own and became the horror auteur that we know and love. A look at the classic Coffin Joe films from Brazil. And our long-term project to look at every universal horror film made in the 1940s. That's a long project, people. It's going to take us a long time. Sprinkled in amongst those are various other episodes focused on other stranger areas of cinema, like uh, Lucio Fulci, Dario Argento, and even some obscure British crime films from time to time. So join me and my rotating crew of co-hosts as we examine the stranger side of cinema through an exploitation lens. Except when we don't? Yeah, you never really know exactly what to expect on The Bloody Pit. So join me for The Bloody Pit. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. I wanted to ask, too, about the station. Um, now, was your station, I read a whole thing where you, you were in Garnick, but then you wanted to go to a larger tower in Rochester and you were trying to raise the money. Did, did that ever come through? Yeah, it did. Oh, awesome. We were on top of the, our studios were in the Gonic Mill in Gonic, New Hampshire, which is, uh, you know, part of Rochester. Right. And we, I mean, sure, we were on the top of the building, but it wasn't the kind of height that we needed for FM. Uh, so we did uh, raise enough money so we could move to the water tower on Rochester Hill in Rochester, which overlooks the whole city, uh, which increased our coverage a, a lot. Uh, in Rochester and also uh, into Maine and Summersworth and Dover and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Be- that a difference. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I can get it all the way out to Route 16 in Dover. Um, and on a good day, I can almost be at 95 and still be hearing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's why we did it. Uh, I mean, right now there is a proposal in front of the FCC to allow low power FMs to go to 250 watts instead of 100. Whether or not that's going to happen, I don't know. I would love to see it happen, obviously. Oh, yeah. 
you know, for what we are, we've done well. We've been around for seven years, so we somebody must be listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, and, and to that point, are there any other uh, stations like yours out there? Your low power FMs. Yes. Oh yeah, there's a lot of them. But are they uh, programmed like us? Right. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I do not know of any. I'm sure there are, but I don't know of any. Yeah, I don't think there's any in this area. Your your station's unique among among them all. No, I think yeah, we are the only one. Uh, we're probably the only low power FM in uh, New Hampshire with this format. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because like I said, I, I there's there's classic rock stations, you know, but. They, they always play the same freaking top 40, not even top 40, like the top 10 hits. It's like Billy Joel's got 500 songs, and you keep playing the same five, you know? <laughs> well, unfortunately, uh, research shows that that's what gets listeners. Um, and this goes back way back when to the days of the jukebox. And I don't know if you guys know the history of top 40 radio, how it came to be. But there were there were two guys who were in radio, and no, I don't know their names, doesn't matter, uh, who were at a nightclub or a bar or whatever, and they were watching people putting money into the jukebox. And they would play the same 10 songs over and over and over again. And the jukebox probably had 100 songs in it. And <laughs> they noticed that these people kept playing their favorites over and over and over again. And that equates to higher ratings. Don't ask me why. I like a wide variety <laughs> too. But I mean, for the, for the person, I'm a radio guy, so I listen a lot. But the average person doesn't listen like I do. So they may tune in for maybe 15, 20, half an hour a day. And when they tune in, they want to hear a song they know. And that's yeah. why the same 300 songs are rotated every day. Okay. Yeah. It's funny, too, because I remember a buddy of mine, we were at work or something, and I put on a station. This was a long time ago, probably 10, 15 years ago. And Crocodile Rock comes on. And he goes, you know what? These stations are for people who maybe in the office put the radio on once in a while. And they go, oh, I remember that song. And he's like, if I have to hear Crocodile Rock again, I'm going to shoot myself. <laughs> yeah, well, I understood. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's like the stations that go all Christmas. They are hugely successful. <laughs> I need to they're going to shoot to number one if they weren't there already. You know, like Magic in Boston. You right. can bet the rent. They're going to be number one in the ratings for December, November, December. And, you know, they're only playing 200 Christmas songs. That's all. Yeah, yeah. All they're playing is 200 over and over and over and over again. That's crazy. And it works. It works. <laughs> I can't argue with success. Well, in talking about, um, you know, the top 40 and the songs, um, uh, what's the process of choosing the songs that you program on your station, if there is any? Well, I look at the charts. Uh, I look at the Billboard charts over the years, and I determine, and there are songs out there that hit number one that we don't play uh, because they're dated, they're old, they sound it. At their time, they, well, I'll give you a good example, My Dingling by Chuck Berry. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They don't play it. The thing was number one for, I don't know, eight, nine, ten weeks. You couldn't get enough, but we don't play it because it's really dated. It really is dated. The times have changed. Um, another song that I, we do not play is Debbie Boone, You Light Up My Life. Huh. 
that thing, okay, it's over. We heard it for 26 weeks. <laughs> That's awesome. That's All that awesome. silly memory brings back to me is 26 weeks. <laughs> there are songs like that that, as we say in the business, they don't have legs. But there are other songs that you can play uh, for the rest of your lives. Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones is a perfect example. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, most Beatles songs, they're never going to die. They're timeless. And right. we, we play those on at WMEX, but we also do every hour we play a Forgotten 45, which is one that didn't get as much airplay as the others. However, back in the day, people played top 40 or top 50. So that means that 40 songs got played on the radio. Well, sure, I remember number 40. And most other people who grew up listening to the radio then do too. So although maybe it wasn't a top 10 hit, people remember it and we feature it as a forgotten 45. And people go, oh, I remember that. We call it an old wow record. <laughs> I mean, I remember um, buying, excuse me, Chris, I just wanted to say, oh, God, I, I remember, please. you know, you hear a song on the radio and you love it. So you go and buy the album and the rest of the album's not that great. It's just that one song. And someone once said, it's because the radio beats that song into you and it makes you think that the whole album's going to be great. So you go out and buy it, but then yep. you don't like it. Yeah. It's just like advertising. Frequency is what works. Yeah. That's so true. Is what works. That's what sells. Frequency sells. And except for the Beatles and the Stones, uh, I don't know if they too many other artists back in that era uh, where you would actually go buy the album. I would go buy the Beatle album. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, I, yeah. It was, I was never disappointed in a Beatles album. Never, never disappointed in a Beatles album. But I can't say that about other groups that were popular at the time because they had a lot of stiffs on the albums, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also the same idea, too. When you see ads over and over again on YouTube or on television, they always replay the same ads. It's repetition. It's always, yeah. Um, what about the process of getting the rights to play the songs on your station? How, do, how does that part of it work? We have to pay. Mm -hmm. We have to pay ASCAP, BMI, and CSAC. Uh, those are the three uh, big players um, that we pay uh, every year uh, a set amount of money to uh, in order to play the artists and their music. Yeah. So it's something that we pay for. Mm -hmm. And is there, like, do they have a, a list? Is there a finite list of what they have? Or is it you have the, pretty much you can get almost anything? Oh, no, we can play anything. Because, I mean, we're, we're, we're covered by uh, ASCAP, BMI, and CSAC. And that's who licenses the music. Um, so it's safe to play anything because one of those three had the license to it. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, it's funny. I was listening to uh, MEX earlier this week, and I, um, I think I was in the car, and Eve of Destruction was playing. And the very next song was a Cat Stevens song. And I just love that. It just it harkens me back to to the days when, you know, when I only had an AM radio and, you know, because you guys play all kinds of easy listening and instrumentals as well as tons of rock and roll. And, you know, these classic rock stations, quote unquote, aren't doing that, but you're doing it. You know, the, the era when you could just turn on a station and you could get, maybe you wouldn't get Lawrence Welk, but you'd get anything from Frank Sinatra to the Coppiners, the Mamas and the Papas. You know, you get some Percy Faith, 101 Strings. I love that. I love that eclectic mix of music. Well, you know, the number one song in 1960 was Theme from a Summer Place by Percy Faith. Yeah. Yep. And that's, that's a lush instrumental, but it fit 
I mean, Little Richard was singing then too, you know? Yeah. Uh, so everything at the time, everything was mixed together. So I grew up listening to all kinds of different music and so did everybody else in my generation. Yeah. And so WMEX, with the exception of a few songs that we talked about, WMEX is a reflection of that. Oh, yeah. I love that. I mm. love that. Now, when you're programming, do you cater to different times of the day? For example, do you, do you play maybe a little bit quieter or slower music in the morning and then get more upbeat around dinner time? Yeah. What you're talking about is day partying. Uh, no, we do not. Okay. No, we don't. I know back in the day, some radio stations did day part. Uh, WBZ, I was just reading an article. Funny you mentioned that. I was just reading an article about WBZ in Boston. Uh, where they would have the housewives time from 10 in the morning till about four in the afternoon. And they played softer, slower music between 10 and four because they figured, hey, the kids are in school. So we don't n need to rock the house here. We've got housewives listening, which is so dated. <laughs> so, but it's true. Yeah, it was day parted. Uh, no, we're not day parted. Oh, okay. I, I would say the only exception to that would be we would play the longer versions of some of the hits of the 60s and we'll play that later in the day and into the night because there's less uh, underwriting announcements and there's more room to play them. That's the only reason why. Light My Fire by the Doors comes to mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we do play the, the seven-minute version after probably six o'clock at night only for that reason. Okay. I've also heard that disc jockeys will throw on like that or Free Bird or something or Stay Away to Heaven if, if they got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> About, well, yeah, that's, that's back in the days when you didn't have automation. Now yeah. everything's computerized, so you can set it up to run for three days. So <laughs> if you need three days to go to the bathroom. Three days? Oh, wow. <laughs> sure. Holy back shit, wow. day, We all knew. I mean, we all knew when somebody went to the bathroom, you know, that long version of Free Bird, oh, I know where they are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you ever listened to Larry King's life story. He was doing more than leaving for the bathroom with the long cut on the record. Oh, geez. <laughs> I'm not surprised. It's a great story. Uh, and the record started skipping. Ah. <laughs> it was with some woman on the other side of town. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great story that he tells. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. You know, and I, I gotta I gotta recommend to the listeners out there, you know, if you if you're not listening to WMEX, you can get it on your computer. You don't have to live in our area to enjoy it. Um, we'll put the link in the show notes. But it's just great to, you know, have it on. I, I love all the little touches that you've got. Like even if let's say, um, what was the one I heard the other day? I can't think of the name of the artist. Let's just say Frankie Valley. And just before the song begins, you have this group of background singers going, Frankie Valley, you know, and then the song plays. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, th those are called artist intros. Um, and they were used at one time, and I got a hold of them, and I said, you know what? I bet you that would sound good, not in front of every song, but I said that would sound good in, in front of certain songs. Uh, because a lot of times people don't know who the artist is. I mean, really, they don't. Right. So this tells them, you know, they'll say, oh, I love that song. Who does that? You know, and uh, this, you know, in, instead of one of our announcers um, introducing who the group is or the artist is, you know, we have the little jingle singers do it. That's great. <laughs> That's great. You know, and I love hearing hearing artists like, you know, Percy Faith, Tommy James and the Shondells, Andy Williams. You know, there's so many great ones, especially uh, that you play. Who are some of your favorite oldies artists? First one that comes to mind, believe it or not, is the Cow Sills. Oh, okay. Um, the Cow Sills are one of my 
obviously, you know, everybody's favorite, the Beatles, the Stones, so forth. Uh, but my, one of my favorite groups is the Cow Sills. I just, I love their harmony. I think they uh, never got the credit they deserved. And that was because of an abusive father who held them back more than he helped them. If you ever watch their story, you'll, you'll see it's true. Uh, there, are, there are three of them that perform now uh, and they are nothing short of sensational. Wow. Uh, it, their harmony is just as good as it was back in the day. Uh, and I would say that they're my favorite group. I mean, I can listen to the rain, the park and the other things over and over and over again. And the very first hit they had when they were still on a little label in Cranston, Rhode Island was most of all, and it was just the brothers, the mother and the sister weren't part of the group then. And it's one of my all time favorite songs. And they're one of my all time favorite groups. Oddly enough, I live in Cranston, Rhode Island. <laughs> well, that's where they come from. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. What, what am I thinking of? Wasn't there a band or a movie that was based on them? Was it, it wasn't Sound of Music or the Partridge Family or one of those? The series was, was based on the Cow Sills. Which TV? The Partridge Family. Okay, I was right. And what um, the network wanted to do is they wanted to have the actual Cow Sills, them, on the TV show, but they want Shirley Jones as the, as the mother. And Bud Cowsill, who was the father, said, no, 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 no. It's going to be Barbara, his wife, or, or no deal. So <laughs> it was a great opportunity. And he just said, no, that's the way it is. You can't, you're not taking her. You're not, you're not getting them. And it turned out to be a whole different group of people. But it is based on the Cowsills. Okay. That's crazy. Um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit, and we kind of mentioned Arnie Wu Ginsburg before, which I, you know, here's another dime for you, because I remember enjoying him as a kid also. And, um, you know, I was devastated when he passed in, in 2020. What can you tell us about Arnie as a man? Like, what was it like working with him? Arnie was um, no ego. Uh, he was a great entertainer. Uh, he had an ear for music. Uh, and he, and there were a lot of hits that a lot of songs that became hits because Arnie played them first. Freddie Cannon comes to mind and there are many others. Uh, Arnie had a great ear. And the funny thing about Arnie was he was an engineer. That was the, I mean, he built transmitters. Huh. <laughs> That's what he did. Wow. And he was on WBOS 1600 AM in Boston. And the story he told me was he was an engineer working on the transmitters or whatever. And the nighttime jock, didn't show up. So they had a hole in the schedule. They needed somebody, and there was Arnie. And the owner said, you're going on the air tonight. <laughs> and he said, I am? Absolutely. And, well, anyway, I mean, with his bells, his whistles, his train whistle and everything, you know, Star <laughs> was born, and the owner of WMEX, Max Richmond, heard Arnie and heard all the commotion that was going on. People were tuning into this little flea power radio station at 1600 on the dial every night to hear this guy woo woo and mac richmond said wait a minute come work for me and um arnie said well you know what he said um you can't afford me so this is what i'm going to do i'll take half of the revenue that i bring into the radio station so half the commercials that run on my show i get to keep you get to keep the other half well mr richmond said are you crazy of course, I'll go for that deal. Well, <laughs> we all know how that turned out, right? Um, Arnie, uh, Arnie made a fortune. 
he, he invested a lot other radio stations. He was one of the owners of Kiss 108. Uh, he did a lot of great things. And he, he believed in himself. He believed in his product. And boy, could he sell. That's great. Anyway. Yeah, we had, a, we had, a, um, we had a, a pool place in New Hampshire, in-ground swimming pools. And we tried and tried and tried to get this guy on the air to advertise. He would never bite. And he says to me one day, he said, tell you what, you walk in here with Arnie Ginsberg, and I'll, I'll buy advertising. I said, so if I walk in here with Arnie, you'll buy advertising. He said, yeah, okay. So I called Arnie. I said, would you do me a favor? And I told him a story. He said, I'd love to. Uh, Arnie got in his car and drove up to uh, Summersworth, New Hampshire. And I walked in. Of course, nobody knows what Arnie looks like, right? Who knows what Arnie? Nobody. Right. Uh, so I walked in, and you know, the guy gave me one of those, oh, you again. And I said, yeah, me again. <laughs> and he said, well, what are, you, what are you doing here? I said, you told me. I come back with Arnie, you'll buy. I said, well, here he is. Say hello, Arnie. <laughs> I, like, I didn't know what to say. He ended up buying an advertising schedule. That's great. But Arnie was a super salesman, too. He was a super salesman. That's cool. I, re I read a funny article from 1980 about him, and it basically said the guy who was running WBZ radio at the time was getting killed by Arnie's Night Train show. Because I guess BZ had 5% of the ratings and MEX had 50. And this guy would be like agonizing it, lying in bed in the morning. And the kids would come into his bedroom and jump up and down on him yelling, Arnie Ginsberg, Arnie Ginsberg. <laughs> oh, I believe that story. And, you know, WBZ being the most powerful AM radio station in Boston. I mean, WMEX was nowhere near them in power or coverage. Yeah. But yet, you know, kids were listening through the static to hear Arnie Ginsberg. Yeah, that's that, and great. It, you know, they didn't have an internet to listen to him on. They had to listen to an old scratchy AM radio. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So I just wanted to go down the list of your shows, which are all great. Um, maybe you can give us some more details. Of them. Obviously, you host the weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m., right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And then we've got Dick Taylor at 10 to 3. What can you tell us about Mr. Taylor? Well, Mr. Taylor, uh, he was a uh, professor at the University of Kentucky in, uh, in communications. Uh, before he was in radio, uh, Dick and I have been friends for, uh, I don't even know how many years, lots of years. We worked for the same ownership uh, years ago, different stations, but same owner. And we've remained friends over the years. He's retired now. And uh, I love Dick on the radio, and he's more than happy to do it. And he has he gets a real kick out of being on WMEX and doing what we do. So that's and he's been a general manager. He's been a sales guy. He's been on the air. He's done every. He's like me. He's done everything in radio. <laughs> oh, that's great. And then we've got Tim Richmond, who does. He just does the news at the top of the hour, right? You don't. Do, no, we have USA Radio News. Oh, okay, yeah. Tim Richmond is on in the afternoon after Dick Taylor. Oh, okay, three to seven, Derek. Okay. Yep. Um, Timmy <laughs> been a broadcaster. He's worked at uh, several big radio stations in Hartford and so forth. Um, he um, he's a retired Bridgeport, Connecticut firefighter. Wow. After he did radio for a long time, he said, "You know what? I need something with a retirement. <laughs> I'm gonna go be a fireman." <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he did, and he put 20 years in as a firefighter. Uh, and now he's still a volunteer firefighter, but he also, he loves radio, so, and he's got the voice for it, that's for sure. Um, and so he's on every afternoon, and three to seven, and Sal, 
we call Sal Pacino the hitman. Yeah, <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> That's Plus awesome. Me, uh, at the 1150 WMEX in Boston, uh, Sal was my nighttime guy. And we've remained friends over the years. And when I started up this radio station, he said, you know, anything I can do to help? And I said, sure. Um, so Sal's on, you know, at night. And he's a full-time barber. Wow. Yeah. So we've got quite a, <laughs> a diversified staff. <laughs> professor or firefighter or barber <laughs> now, now you're going to tell me gene valley who does the overnight is is an astronaut uh well maybe <laughs> gene is uh well gene has done a million things mostly in sales but he spent a lot of time on the air in new hampshire in radio um and he is uh the guy that goes out and brings in money from our underwriters and uh, yeah, he's got a, a radio background. He was with me at the, w, uh, the other WMEX, the 106.5 in Rochester, uh, for a very long time. And when we started this, uh, Gene kind of came along, and um, we're still together. That's awesome. That's so great. And then, of course, on your weekends, you've got Jerry Gilbert. What can you tell us about Jerry? Jerry is um, actually, here we go again. Jerry's a real estate agent. Um, who used to be a banker, who loves doing sports. Uh, he, I met Jerry when he was doing um, local high school sports for the local cable company in Rochester, New Hampshire. And the cable company decided they didn't want to do it anymore. So he came to WMEX and we did high school football for several years, uh, him and his son, Dan, as a matter of fact. Uh, and now Jerry does the morning sports. And he also uh, occasionally he'll will throw in a, a sports talk show uh, with him and his son. Very rarely. I, I'd like to have it on more, but, you know, with their schedules and everything and everybody's in different states. So it makes it kind of tough. But that's Jerry's background. And right now he is a real estate agent. Oh, wow. OK. Wow. wow. That's awesome. And then we've got um, obviously Sal again on Saturday mornings and then Solid Gold Saturday with Jim, Chris, Mike, and Nancy. I, I always enjoy that one. If I'm able to, I, I like to put it on in the afternoon, on, on a Saturday yeah, afternoon. Yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, Jim and Nancy are married, and, and Chris and Mikey are not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, they do a show from another radio station, and it's on three stations. It's on ours, and it's on one in Nashua, and one in uh, Salisbury, Mass. Uh, and they're on from three to seven, just having a good time, taking requests, playing the oldies, uh, they have so much fun doing it, and I, I thoroughly enjoy listening to them because I can tell they're just having a lot of fun. They do it because they love it, and they do a good job. And it adds a local flavor to the radio station where people can call in and they can make requests and talk to the people there. And it's good for the radio station. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Saturday nights, of course, you've got Brian Battles. What can you tell us about him? Brian, uh, Brian is a computer programmer. Um, who spent many years in radio, and also he um, spent many years at the American Radio Relay League in Newington, Connecticut, which is all about amateur radio. Uh, Brian was one of the directors there, and now he's a computer programmer, and he just keeps his uh, toe in it, you know. Uh, he's on Saturday nights and later on on Sunday nights, and uh, Brian's been around. Uh, Tim Richmond introduced me to Brian Tim used to run a radio station in uh, Willimantic, Connecticut. Brian worked for him there. And Brian's claim to fame is he worked with Stern at oh, WCC wow. Hartford. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he was on before Stern. He did the overnight show before Stern came on in the morning. 
So uh, he used to tell me about Howard Stern, and I'd say, well, this guy must be nuts. <laughs> tell me, no, 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 you got to, I couldn't hear him where I lived. And he said, no, 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 you got to appreciate this guy. He's something. He's something. And he was right. He was. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> and I, I had to ask, when the heck does Gene Valley sleep? Because he does the midnight to 6 a.m. show on Saturday, and then he continues on with the early rock from 6 to 10 on Sunday. He doesn't sleep. Uh, <laughs> We feed him diet pills, and he. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> um, another one that I really enjoy too is on Sunday mornings. You got nothing but old. I'm sorry, nothing but old 45s with uh, Larry Kratka. Sure, Larry's from Pittsfield, Mass. Uh, Larry has this show syndicated all over the country. He does several versions. He's got a country version. He's got a classic rock version, and we carry the the pop version. Uh, Larry's been on our station for probably three years, four years, something like that. Um, I enjoy listening to him. I mean, if you want to know all the facts behind all the music, uh, he knows them, you know, and he, and another guy who loves what he does, he, he just loves doing it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then what can you tell us about the music expert retro countdown from noons on Sunday? Not much. It's not on anymore. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. oh. <laughs> remind me to update that. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered about that. But the, the the one I really wanted to highlight because and I'm kinda glad it's sort of last on the list here practically, it's um the old time radio shows on Sunday night. I just I love and I, I don't get a chance enough to listen to them as I should. That is Gene Valley's baby. Uh Gene Valley is a, a big fan of old time radio shows. We have a following every Sunday night. Uh, people who tune in specifically and he'll put on Facebook what shows are running and so forth. We get a lot of comments from people who love listening to the old time radio shows. And Gene spends a lot of time putting that together because a lot of those shows were sponsored by cigarette manufacturers. Yeah. And we can't run that anymore. Oh, that's can't true. <laughs> since 1967. So Gene does a lot of editing before a lot of those shows go on the air. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't considered that because I always assumed they're they're retro commercials, so they're not real commercials anymore, you know? Doesn't matter. You cannot promote tobacco products. Wow. <laughs> True. That's hilarious. Well, tell that to Fred and Barney, I guess. <laughs> I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> they were uh, Winston cigarettes, weren't they? Yeah. That's, yep. yep, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Dragon, I think that was Chesterfield. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, they all had, uh, Lucy was, that, that was all cigarettes, and Hogan's Heroes even. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you see the early um, versions of Hogan's Heroes in the bottom right-hand corner. There was a pack of cigarettes there. I forget what they were, but, um, you know, cigarettes were a big advertiser way back when. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, have you considered doing other types of shows or putting other types of shows on? Like, um, maybe it might be a little too further back for you, but like a big band showcase or um, like an easy listening instrumental hour. Um, I mean, heck, I, I would love to hear a lounge music show. You know, that would be great because you got so many great artists like Lalo Schifrin and Les Baxter and Enoch Light. You know, there's tons of music that people could be exposed to. I would probably, if I was to do something like that, I would put it in a 6 to 10 a.m. Sunday morning time slot. Yeah. Because we tend to go, uh, you know, much farther back with the, what they called the middle of the road artists back then. Um, you know, but we, we do play Perry Como and, and people like that uh, who weren't really, you know, rock and roll artists. So if any, if I was to do anything like that, it would be on Sunday morning with Gene Valley. Cool. 
Yeah, that's cool. You put on a lot of sock hops and oldie dances in the area in places like Rochester Opera House, but you also traveled around doing them across the country, DJing some great shows. Can you tell us about that and how COVID has affected these shows? Uh, I don't do those anymore, um, but uh, I imagine, well, they're starting now to come back, but a lot of those shows, I mean, they just were non-existent for a year or two or, or maybe more. So I don't know. Um, I know the wedding industry, which I used to do a ton of DJing at weddings. Yeah. Oh, that 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 industry just shrunk and almost disappeared because nobody yeah. could go to the halls and, and celebrate their weddings. That's now starting to come back. But who knows the way COVID is? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'm glad that I don't make my living doing that anymore. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. It's, it's yeah. really tough for the performers uh, who are still trying to do it because you know if the audience can't come to your show and uh or if uh you can't have more than 25 people at a wedding reception that that's tough that's yeah real. yeah right yeah your cousin lenny with his ipod and his bluetooth speaker you know, that's it. Go, you know? <laughs> ipod weddings on youtube and see how those turn out yeah. <laughs> well i mean i i i i i sort of one of the things i do on the side is i do film weddings and i've noticed that through the past year how much it's sort of like decreased and how lit and like you know i was filming weddings at people's homes even i mean it was like it was it was crazy yep yeah i'm sure um now it well i guess it started to pick back up again but you know every time you think that you've got covid under control it there's another variant yeah i don't know um yeah I don't know if things will ever go back to normal. I really don't. So let's sort of wrap up here. And I just want to say the radio station is 105.9 WMEX. And your website is 1059WMEX.com. Uh, but how can the listeners who aren't in our area listen to the station? Tune in radio is a great app for that. Excellent. Excellent. We'll put that link in the show notes. And do you have any upcoming events you like to plug? Uh, no, not right now. Uh, we don't have anything going on because we're, we're COVID shy. Right. We really are. So even yeah. the opera house isn't doing hardly anything right now. Um, they have very limited shows that are going on. Uh, I know they, they have uh, the comedian, Bob Marley, who I love, uh, but, but that's a private, the private company that puts that on. It's not the opera house. And, um, you know, for the most part, they're not doing much. So I don't know. I don't know when that's going to come back to normal. It's been a while now. Right. Right. Well, hopefully soon, you know, positive thoughts and all. Yeah. Gary, well, this has been awesome. We're so glad you came on. Love talking to you. Love the station. You know, and you've got an open invitation to come back at any time you want uh, to plug anything, or even if you just want to come on and talk oldies, you're more than welcome to. Oh, I appreciate that. And I really enjoyed talking to both of you guys. Excellent. Likewise. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was great, huh? Oh, yeah, that was awesome. And let me just say, you could tell he's a radio guy because he has a voice for radio. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Unlike us. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, let me just say, in editing in editing this podcast, uh, I don't know about you, but I hate the sound of my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> I I used to, and I got used to it a long time ago, yeah. so it doesn't bother me. Anymore. Right, right. I do. There are things that I do say that an annoy me, but... Yeah. <laughs> no, but... Or that, the way that... I pronounce something. Yeah. No, but that was great, though. I mean, he was, he was fun to talk to. Oh, yeah. He was great. And I just love, you know, 
it's one of those things I've always wanted to talk to one of these guys that runs these kind of stations because, like I mentioned, in Mass, there's one. I don't know if they're still out there anymore. It was like 7.30 or 8.30 a.m., and it was similar. It was very similar, it was, but it was one guy doing the whole thing. And I contacted him, and he's like, oh, I don't do interviews. And really? I was like, okay. Yeah, and then I, I kid you not, like a month later, there was an interview with him in the Boston Phoenix. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right then. (laughs) So, but um, anyways, so that was great. Uh, Awesome, folks. Um, You know, we had a great interview with Gary James of WMEX Radio, which is in Rochester, New Hampshire. But don't forget, we are going to put the links for his show in our show notes, and you'll be able to listen to the station no matter where you are uh, with your family. And it's a great way to introduce kids to classic rock and older great music you know, play it in the background while you're at dinner or play it in the car if you can. It's just good, fun stuff. I mean, heck, even Chris, you you hadn't listened to it before and you loved it. Oh, yeah. No, I did love it. I mean, I was working and I was just listening to it in the background and uh, it gave me good vibes in a lot of ways. But at the same time, it also brought a sense of nostalgia, which is funny to say that because these are songs before my time. But yet I found nostalgia because I did I would hear some of these songs growing up, but it just brought me to another time. So that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was just thinking, now that you said that, because you said it a little bit earlier, too, um, you know, I think for me, a lot of the old music, my, especially like big band stuff, yeah, I probably really love it, and it's nostalgic for me because I watched a lot of older movies as a kid. So I was yeah. exposed to all that music, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, I think that's the same with me, too. I would watch older movies or older shows. I would hear some of these songs, and thereby I associate that movie or that show with that song and you know and that i associate with with that particular time i saw that movie so yeah it's funny how that all works uh, when you blend it together yeah absolutely okay folks so we'd love to hear from you so please send your feedback to then is now 42 at gmail.com uh, please join in the conversation at our facebook then is now podcast group and you can visit our website havenpodcasts.com where you'll find our sister show the east meets the west in which we discuss Shaw Brothers films and Spaghetti Western movies. And while you're there, please click on the Patreon and Public links to get some exclusive stuff and help support the show. That's right. And That Is Now Podcast is a proud member of the Dorketing Podcast Network, so be sure to check out other great shows there at thedorketing.com. And you can find me at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stories in Motion. And Then Is Now is on YouTube, so visit youtube.com slash user slash UncleDeath1 to get the latest videos as well as other fun videos. Please subscribe to our YouTube page and also share the video versions of our podcast with your friends and get them to subscribe as well. Don't forget to go wherever you download your podcast from and leave us a great review so more listeners can find us. You can find us on all the podcasting apps, especially the big three, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Class dismissed. Now podcast is intended for entertainment, educational, and informational purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during this podcast are the property of their copyright holders. All original content is copyright Jupiter Media.
For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com.